This Washington Post Live podcast is sponsored by Next47, the global venture firm backed by Siemens. You're listening to a podcast from Washington Post Live, bringing the Post's newsroom to life on stage. On March 27th, the Washington Post traveled to America's tech epicenter, the Bay Area, for the first time to convene the next installment of the Technology 202, a series of conversations about the changing regulatory climate and the relationship between innovation and public policy. The hotly contested California Consumer Privacy Act is not set to take effect until 2020, but its rigorous compliance demands are sending shockwaves through the tech industry, prompting calls for a federal law that will supersede state requirements. In this segment, California Attorney General Xavier Becerra, a proponent for CCPA and would-be enforcer of the measure, discusses why he believes California has taken the right approach to protecting consumer privacy. Let's listen. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, My name is Tony Rahm. I'm the technology policy reporter here at The Washington Post. And I'm joined by a man who really needs no introduction in the state of California. That would be California Attorney General Javier Becerra. Thank you so much for coming to join us today. Thank you. Uh, And thanks to all of you for coming to join us, uh, both here in the room and on the live stream. Just a quick reminder before we get going, uh, if you have questions that you'd like me to pose for the Attorney General, just tweet us at hashtag postlive. And by the power of technology, I will see it on this wonderful iPad, and I can ask your questions for you. Uh, But again, uh, Mr. Attorney General, thanks for being here. Um, I just want to jump right into it. We just saw this lovely little video about California's uh, first-in-the-nation uh, consumer privacy law. Often, I'm, here, I'm, I'm hearing you described as the country's first chief privacy officer, so to speak. What do you think about that moniker? What does that mean to you going forward? I wish my daughters would understand that there's such a thing <laughs> as privacy. It, it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's an interesting concept now. Most people uh, born after the year 2000, have a very different definition of privacy from what I define as privacy. And uh, that's one of the things that's, that, that will make it probably difficult to come up with the regulations for this new law that California has, because one person's privacy is someone else's convenience. Mm-hmm. But we just heard Senator Hannah Beth Jackson talking about the importance of enforcement with California's new law, which is a landmark statue with respect to giving consumers more information about what's happening to their data and more choice about whether it's sold or not. So from an enforcement perspective, as this chief privacy officer of the country, what's your goal here? Are you going to be tougher than the feds? So I, I think the the goal is outlined by the, in the in the statute itself. It's giving people some control, some ownership over, over their own data, uh, two, giving them some choice, three, I, I think giving everyone a sense of transparency of the way we operate, both as consumer and as uh, purveyor of information or collector of information, and then finally, uh, making sure that California continues to be an innovator and allows that entrepreneurial spirit to continue in this sector. And so if you can combine all those four things, wrap it up into a statute, you have the first effort made so far to try to give people that sense that we have a reason to continue to have confidence in the internet. Sure. I guess if there's one thing that I hear consistently from readers, it's this belief that the federal government has sort of been asleep when it comes to privacy. How do you rate the federal government and its work when it comes to privacy? Well, and I used to work in Congress, so I'll I'll be careful. (laughs) let Let me put it to you this way. California passed the first law to provide consumers with some kind of protection over their privacy when we passed a data breach notification law. So in 2003, starting in 2003 in California, consumers had a right to know 
if their data had been captured in a breach uh, that had been committed against a company. No other state had a law like that, and now today every state in the nation has a law similar to California's. It took them many years. The federal government still has no data breach notification law mm -hmm. in its books. And so when it comes to the federal government, they move a lot slower, and what we hope they'll do is do no harm if they decide to move. We should try to make sure that whatever the feds do becomes the floor of what states can do, not the ceiling. Yeah, we'll get to the legislative bit in a second, but on the point of enforcement, have the FTC and the Department of Justice, have they been too slow to act, too weak to act when it comes to dealing with the litany of privacy issues we saw over the past year? Yes, yes. I think there were more, a couple. So yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Yeah, so one of the big ones, obviously, is Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. For those who somehow missed this story, uh, 87 million users' personal information was mishandled by this political consultancy. Uh, I know that there's been a broad investigation into Facebook and Cambridge Analytica. I know your state is one of those states that has been looking into this. Can you give us any sense of where that investigation stands? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, we... Uh, in California, we, we don't usually talk about any investigative work or prosecutorial effort that we're undertaking. Uh, we neither confirm nor deny what we're doing. There have been reports of some activities, but we don't get out and talk about them. You know, I had to try, right? You had to try. <laughs> but that aside, I think one of the primary criticisms I hear is that time and again, a company like Facebook, you know, abuses the, the, the personal information of its users. There's the major privacy scandal. And then the feeling among those users is that they get off with a slap on the wrist. Is there anything that you can say to people here and to people watching at home when it comes to Facebook and the litany of privacy mishaps we saw last year? Can they rest assured that state attorneys general are going to you know, do more than give the company a slap on the wrist? So now you're going beyond just the California privacy law. Sure. Uh, and what I can tell you is we're going to operate under the existing laws that we have, whether federal or state, to try to protect people's rights. In some cases, they're not enough, and that's why California passed this uh, first-in-the-nation law. Uh, what I can tell you is that we're going to pursue actions against those who violate the rights of people in California. How much success we have depends on how quickly the laws adapt to the changing nature of this new tech environment. So we could see tough enforcement with respect to Facebook? We will see tough enforcement, period. Period. So let's talk about that law. Obviously, the law doesn't go into effect until 2020. That was a built-in delay so that legislators could further tweak the law. But, you know, you and I sat down in Sacramento just a few weeks ago, and the thing that I had heard in advance of our chat was that so many of these companies were working to weaken the law as part of this process. Is that a fear of yours? Well, that's, that's part of the democratic process, right? If you don't like the law, you try to make changes to it. Some uh, perceive that as weakening. Others will see it as making it better. Uh, all I know is that we're going to try to make sure that when the law takes effect next year, we're ready to enforce. We're going to try to have the highest standards we can. I'm actually supporting legislation, as you saw from Senator Hannah Beth mm -hmm. Jackson, that would increase the ability of consumers to protect their rights, because right now, under the law as it stands, the only uh, effort that any consumer can undertake to protect their uh, privacy rights is if there is a breach of that information, the data that that company has collected on you, you can sue for that breach, but you can't sue, for example, if someone is selling your information uh, uh, outside of your consent. I have to be the one that tries to enforce that, mm -hmm. and there's only one AG for 40 million people 
If consumers can't enforce their rights, you have to ask if those are truly rights. Yeah, so you want to give people the right to sue because you just don't think you can bring all the cases? Not that I don't think I can. I know I can't. There's Mm -hmm. no way that I can go after everyone who violates the law. I have to try to target to make sure that I'm not only uh, uh, going after someone who's committed a wrong, but I deter others from trying to do it in the future. That means I'm going after the bigger cases that make noise, and I have to leave some of the smaller cases uh, to the side. If consumers in those smaller cases have no rights of their own to try to enforce their rights, then they really don't have a right. Sure, but that private right of action is one of the things that the companies have lobbied so fiercely against over the past couple of years, even beyond California. So I guess that gets me back to the original question here, which is that do you think that Facebook and Google and its peers are going to try to lobby this law to death? There will certainly be lobbying, and people will try to make changes. I'm not going to characterize what one or another is trying to do. I simply will tell you that we're going to try to make sure that when this law starts up next year, it's as strong as it can be so we can give everyone a sense that they really do have rights uh, over their information on the Internet. What about Washington? They're obviously trying, I guess, to work on a federal privacy statute. I guess the fear there potentially is that they could preempt what California has done. Again, uh, the feds, if they act, we hope what they'll do is they'll be constructive. They'll take a look at what others are doing, whether it's the Europeans or California, and they'll try to build on that rather than try to destroy the protections that we're providing at least to 40 million people in California. Um, But at the same time, understanding that to date there is no data breach notification law at the federal level, and it's been around for, the idea's been around for over 17 years, uh, I, I don't imagine that before we start to implement our law next year that the feds will have taken action. Do, are, are these companies being disingenuous? You know, on one hand, they're telling everybody we love privacy, we're going to protect your data. And on the other hand, they're out there working to lobby against the law here and asking Washington to preempt California's law. Are they being disingenuous to people? <laughs> I feel like I'm on a witness stand. What I can tell you is that everyone has an interest in this. And... Uh, I'm not going to try to characterize anyone's interest other than to say my job is to make sure that once we're clear on what the law is, you better be within those guardrails. And if you're not, we're coming. Sure. Are, are there particular industries that concern you? I mean, remember, as you know, California's law is more than just social media companies. Yes. It's the broad array of businesses that use data. So thinking 50,000-foot view, are there industries that give you pause that you plan to look into first? I don't think there's an industry today that doesn't collect data. Mm-hmm. Um, even the mom and pops collect data now because so many of us don't use cash to, to do transactions. And so everything's either done credit cards or maybe electronically. And as a result, even mom and pops have to have some way to control that data, collect it and control it and save it, store it. Uh, and so everyone's in this. But as I said, there are going to be a whole bunch of mom and pops who probably aren't as sophisticated as the big guys who commit some violations, sometimes unknowingly, and there are people who are going to be harmed. How you actually address that, it's going to be tough for one agency to try to do that for everyone. Mm-hmm. And we're going to be stuck trying to do this just with the bigger players, with the bigger actions, uh, at the expense of rights that other people suffer the uh, loss of because we can't go out there and protect everyone. Yeah. Unless we have consumers getting a private right of action as well. Yeah, one of the things that the bigger companies say is that they think that regulation not benefits them, but it hurts the smaller players more than it hurts them. What do you think of that argument? Actually, to some degree, you level the playing field. Uh, If everyone has to play by the rules, and we all make it clear what the rules are, then you you don't disadvantage the small folks who can't, for example, reward you as a consumer if you 
you give up certain data that the big guys can. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the smaller players don't have the resources to go out there and try to uh, recruit ads and do things that get them revenue a different way. And so if you have a standardization of the rules, I think it makes it easier for everyone at least to know what the platform looks like that you have to operate under. Uh, But there's no doubt that the big players have far more capacity to do things, including Mm -hmm. lobby to change the law the way they like. Sure. And then so on that point with lobbying and with federal preemption, are you concerned that at the end of the day, if Congress does ultimately produce some overarching federal law, that that law is going to be respective of consumers' privacy rights? And, or, or are you concerned that that's going to end up steamrolling the work that legislatures and yourself have done here in California? If the Congress and the federal government work under the assumption that they will do no harm, then we hope they enter the space. Uh, but if they're out there to try to prevent states that have figured out innovative ways to provide protection for their consumers and their data, then I think it would be a travesty. And I hope that members in the House and in the Senate would not allow any legislation that would undermine consumers' rights to move forward and get signed by a president. Sure. You served in Congress. Do you think that there's political blowback if lawmakers either don't adopt a federal online privacy law or ultimately adopt something that's weak? I think there's blowback if the the federal government doesn't take some action to help provide some umbrella because there are states that act and then there are still a whole bunch of states in this country that are very slow to act to protect their consumers in any number of ways, not only uh, when it comes to the internet. So it'd be good for the federal government to engage. At the same time, it's healthy if they engage in a constructive way. I've had conversations with any number of senators and members in the House about this issue. They're very interested in what California is doing. And we plan to stay in touch. And we will try to provide as much information and advice about what we're seeing as we can so that we make sure that if the feds are going to get into this, they do it in the right way. Sure. Uh, You know, California is obviously the big state here. You guys have a lot of power with respect to privacy. But other state attorneys general are looking at this as well. Do you see a world in which state AGs are more active as a cohort with respect to investigating companies like Facebook and Google and, you know, bringing some of these enforcement measures? Uh, Without a doubt. Uh, I think we're going to become far more active. We're also working as a coalition oftentimes. And so just as uh, you find almost every state AG working right now on an investigation, uh, against the opioid manufacturers mm-hmm. and distributors. Uh, and just as you see us working together as we did in the past on tobacco, I think you'll see the same thing. There's an interest on the part of the state uh, enforcers to try to figure out a way to go at this in a bigger way than just for their own state. Yeah. Are you working on anything big now you want to tell us? I am. I am. Oh, yeah? But I don't want to tell you. I had to try. I always have to try. I mean, it, you, you guys did all get together, though, a few months ago with the Department yes. of Justice. There was this big meeting that then-Attorney General Jeff Sessions held with the state AGs to talk about what was ostensibly going to be uh, political censorship, but it seems like it went more into privacy and antitrust. What's the outgrowth of all of that? That there is an effort underway to try to under, uh, understand how we tackle this new phenomenon we see in the tech world and how, we, how it operates. Um, and even when it comes to the, the consolidation that we're seeing, the growth of some companies to uh, sizes that we've never seen before, it's trying to sort of grapple with that and understand whether or not under our current laws, whether it's antitrust laws or others, we're equipped to really tackle this. this you know, the tech world does not the railroads of the past or the steel mm-hmm. companies of the past when you used antitrust laws uh, to go after some of these, you know, BMS that became monopolies, it's going to be a different animal. And yeah. so we're going to try to take a look and see if we can 
understand how this applies when it comes to consolidation that becomes a monopoly. So there is interest among the state AGs to do some sort of antitrust action with respect to big tech companies, it sounds like. There's an interest in looking at this to understand it so we can protect our consumers and protect competition. How we go about it, where, those are all the questions that are still being discussed. Do you think Google's too big? Google's pretty big, I'll tell you that. Um, <laughs> but I'll, I, can't, I won't take it any further than that. I got you. One of the questions I got over Twitter, and you have to forgive me, I don't know the name of the user. Um, in, speaking of the issue of bigness here is that we saw Senator Elizabeth Warren uh, introduce a proposal just a few weeks ago that was very much about breaking up big tech companies. She explicitly mentioned Amazon, Facebook, and Google, talked about enacting laws that would give uh, regulators the power to unwind some of these mergers. What do you think about her plan? I, I think it's a topic that has to be explored and discussed because no one knows where this is going to take us, and everyone's beginning to fear uh, where we will end up as consumers. We, we don't want to lose total control, not only of our privacy, but of the ability to do with our privacy what we think we'd like. Uh, now that data has been monetized, I, I think a lot of people see the wealth that's generated, and folks, there are some folks and some companies that are generating humongous amount of wealth based on what they got from us, and none of us mm -hmm. necessarily said, feel free to use it to become rich. And so I, I think you're going to see more and more the exploration of what to do. I just don't think anyone has the, the, the answer of where we go. Sure. One of the other questions I got on Twitter before we sat down here uh, was about this proposal for a data dividend. There's this renewed discussion, federally and in the state level, uh, about whether consumers should be remunerated in some way for the immense value, as you talked about, that these companies get out of our information. What do you think about a data dividend? So that's the, it's almost like the flip side of the coin about mm -hmm. first protecting your privacy so you own or control what happens with your data. And now on the other side, you get to benefit from the use of your data. Uh, I, I'd like to make sure that the first side of the coin, which is you control your data, gets addressed first so that once you've controlled it, then you can decide if you want to partake in the selling of it. Uh, but I, I think to talk about you know, giving people a cut of the use of their data to make money before we've decided what it means to actually get to decide what can be done with your data is premature. Got it. A, a, another question I received from Twitter, from Twitter from a man named Jim says, you know, what about data brokers and telecom giants, um, which also have massively valuable data on consumers? Should we expect to see inquiries into those spaces? Everything's wide open. Uh, every, as I said, everything's about data now. Uh, the, the money is in data. That, that's the new gold. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has to understand that uh, we will go where people are rushing because that's where the money is. And so we're going to try to make sure that if people go into that money uh, or that source of the money, we're going to make sure people have an opportunity to be protected if they own the source of that money. Sure. Um, I guess to sort of draw this to a close, we saw a series of scandals last year, right? And it wasn't just Facebook. Google had some trouble with location tracking, for example, and Google Plus with you know, data potentially available that shouldn't have been made available. Do you think that these tech companies have learned a lesson? Have they kind of picked up that maybe consumers are frustrated and regulators are frustrated? Here's the way I, I would portray it. Um, for the longest time, and I remember this in the 1990s when I was in Congress, we were trying to make sure we didn't upset the cart in what we were seeing develop here, this new industry that was just blossoming. Um, everyone wanted to treat the industry with kit gloves, you know, just very carefully. Let them continue. It's like your baby. You want to see it <laughs> nurtured and grow and you 
you coddle it and baby it all the way through. The industry is no longer a baby. It's not even an infant. In fact, I'd say it's, it's running pretty much at Olympic speed. <laughs> and so now it's time to treat the industry as an adult. So you have to act like an adult and you have to understand there are consequences that adults face when they don't do things the right way. And so whether it's well-known companies or not, no longer can the excuse be, well, hey, we didn't understand what we were doing. We were very new at this. We were experimenting. No, you're playing with people's lives. You're playing with people's data and you're playing with people's money. And so no longer can you use the excuse you were a child or an adolescent. You're an adult now. Sure. And on the flip side of it, What's your thought about the resources that regulators have, not just yourself, but other states, the federal government? Do you sometimes feel like the investments haven't been made, the authorities might not be there to really go toe-to-toe with some of these companies and you know, hold them to account for some of the things that they've done? Well, when the legislature here in California was in the process of passing this new uh, internet law, privacy law, I, I made sure I communicated to all the leaders and I put it in writing and said, unless you do certain things, we're we're essentially driving ourselves towards failure because if you're expecting me and the only me, because the consumers won't have a right of action, to do the enforcement, it's gonna collapse. And so one, I'm gonna need resources. Two, you're gonna have to change some of this so people actually have a right that they can enforce. And three, you gotta remove some of the provisions that essentially give industry uh, a free pass. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I have to, there's a provision in the law that would require me to essentially uh, act as counsel for the companies and, and when they ask for guidance or advice. Uh, if I'm giving them advice on why they, how they violated the law, it's going to make it really tough for me later on to enforce the law mm-hmm. for their violations. And so there's some changes that have to be made and resources, resources that have to be provided for us to get this right. Otherwise, consumers are going to get very upset that that right that they thought they had is it being protected? Yeah, well, we will potentially chat a year from now. We can see how the law shakes out. Uh, Attorney General Javier Becerra, thank you so much for joining us today. And thanks, everybody, for coming. Thanks for listening. To hear more interviews from this series and other Washington Post Live programs, visit us at WashingtonPostLive.com.